You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. statement the father made concerning Jesus at his baptism the voice came says this is my beloved son so for those who have confusion as to the unconditionality of God's love he said this is my beloved son then he didn't stop there what did he say he says in whom I am well pleased now the truth is this, because God's nature is love, he cannot unlove, but he can be displeased. And those who will go to heaven will be those whom God is pleased with. In fact, if you will check your Bible, when the um, angels announced the birth of Jesus, joy to the world, joy, good, had a good will, and to men who were peace towards men. Okay, some translations say to men of good will. Okay, because you see, since God is love, he will continue to, you know, disseminate love, isn't it? Now, that love is going to get different responses back. And that response that it gets back is going to determine what you get. We've done the illustration here. Water is wet, right? Water is wet. If you take a sponge and put in water and you take the sponge out, what goes out with it? Water goes out with it. If you take a stone and put in water and take it out, what goes out? Only stone. The stone does not take water with it. So if you keep two of them and after five hours someone comes or two hours and they say, two of them say, I've been with water, I've been with water. You look at the stone, what are you going to say? Say, you no see water at all. But it's all water, isn't it? Then you go to the sponge. What do you find? You find that the sponge still has water. Didn't they see water? They saw water, but one could retain it. One could not retain it because of its nature. That's why we're learning what we're learning. God will remain who he is. God is love. Praise the Lord. And that's what our Lord Jesus Christ was teaching us here. You know, the scriptures are deep. Praise the Lord. The word of God is deep. Concerning the husband, he says, No man ever hated his flesh. Okay? So, when you get into a marriage, you love your spouse. Now, like for the couple that just got married, they're excited and all of that, but they've never lived together. So, when they live together, they're going to begin to see things that they didn't like. Now, the test is, are you going to stop loving because you're seeing what you don't like? But we learn that the commitment you made is to do, till death do you part. So the choice is, do you magnify the like and reduce the love? I mean, the dislike now and reduce the love. Take it out from the love and reduce love. Or you can hold on to the love you have and begin to nourish that partner and begin to work on that partner so that the things you see that you dislike can reduce so that the like you have for your, or your spouse, your wife or husband, will match the love you have. And the Bible says, no man ever hated his flesh. And the simple illustration is this. We have injuries in our body, don't we? When you have injuries or sicknesses, but do you cut it off? Do you cease to like your hand because it has a sore? What do you do to the part of your body that has a sore or that has sickness? 
That's the one you give most attention. So the lesson for us is this. In our marriages, in our relationship with our children, with whoever, where there is an issue is where we should give most attention, nourish it and cherish it until it looks the way you want it to look. Then your love and like and match, then you can enjoy. Praise the Lord. And just to, in case I'm not able to get back to you, see what one of the things the Spirit of God showed me. If you come to... Okay, let, let me read that text over. So we'll start again. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, simply what? Obey me. And it says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. 17 says, The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because he neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He says, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. What we got from here is that this thing that God is saying or requesting of us immediately has a provision. And I think it was at the prayer meeting that um, Pastor Josh was illustrating it for us. At the IDP camps, you know, a young child of maybe 15 years or so, everybody knows, or 10 years comes, maybe the mother is not well, and they give everybody, you know, 10 bags of uh, rice, 10 kg bags of rice, Okay. Now, this child can stand by that bag and stand, and everybody will go, and the child will still be standing. Nothing will happen. Uh, not, sorry, not bags of rice, not 10 kg, bags of rice. But he said, if everybody sees that child, 10 year old, dragging that bag to take to the mother, what is going to happen? They are going to come and do what? And help her. Maybe after they take theirs home, they will quickly come and help her to take her own, you know, 30 kg or whatever bag home to the mother who is sick. Now, the same thing the Bible is saying. If you want to do, you will get help. If you don't want to do, you remain as you are. And we said, we've said that here, that that's what we learn. That's what prayer is about. When you come and you hear the word, it's not to sign off. That is unbelief. We said here that unbelief is not a choice. Unbelief is wickedness. God judges people for unbelief. It's saying, I will not agree. I don't want. I refuse. I won't even consider. But when you hear the word of God, and you believe God, and you know that you can't do it. God knew you can't do it. That's why he gave the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. You now go to God in prayer and say, Lord, this thing that we heard, you know, is a hard saying, but I can do it by your help. Not is a hard saying, I can't do it. Praise the Lord. It's a tough call, but by your Holy Spirit, I can do it. And then what you immediately declare then is that you believe God. And what does the Bible say about believing God? It says Abraham believed God and he was accounted to him what? The moment you do that concerning that matter, you are righteous. Because you have said this thing is to be done, but I don't have the power to do it. Now, who has all power? Uh-huh. So it's not in God's call to do. But if you say this thing is difficult, I don't want to do it, I can't do it. You have not allowed God to come in. Can you see the difference? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the helper is given to us, you know, to help us once we are ready. And this helper will not just be with us. He will be in us. And he makes sure, he says, I will not leave you off. And so we have a father who is with us, you know, inside of us. 19 says, a little while longer and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I leave, you will leave also. At that day you know that I'm in my father and you in me and I in you. And he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father 
and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Let me jump to 23. 23 says, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Praise the Lord. Let me read 24 again. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which he hears is not mine, but the father who sent me. Okay, praise God. I want you to come to the most popular verse in the Bible, John three sixteen. It says, for, for God so loved the world that helped me to understand that passage. Because when you read the Bible, you must ask questions. If you really want to obey, you'll be asking questions. And, you know, so the Spirit of God said, God loves all. But when you read that John 14, you don't hear Jesus saying, God will love you. He's saying, my father will love you. There is a love of God for his creation, but there is a family love. You understand it now? So, John three sixteen. This for God, what? So love the world. God loves the world. But the love of the father, you can't force it on him. It's based on relationship. The love God has for creation is by creation. And God can't force you to be his son. But like, you know, some children have told the parents, I didn't bring myself into the world. You brought me. You have to pay my school fees. <laughs> you have to take care of me. And they're right. Did they bring themselves in? Uh-huh. So that's a dimension. You're getting it now. So there's a love for creation. God loves his creation as creator and creature. Okay? But now there's a love that I'm talking about now, which is the relationship. And it's that love that we have in prayer. When he says, pray in this manner, our father which are in heaven. To get to that place and enjoy that love, there are conditions. The other condition has already been met. God created you, so he loves you at that level. But for the Father, the Father is watching. If you keep my commandments, Jesus even speaking that to him, he says, and I will love him. So there are dimensions. Let me hear you say there are dimensions. And tonight you are going to go higher and deeper in the name of Jesus. Praise God. Okay, so I don't know if anyone here really gave thought to what we began to, you know. We, in fact, you know, I, I was listening to some messages randomly throughout the year. And it's as though we've been just on this love topic. Anybody notice that? You know, I remember when we dealt with, um, I think that was the Holy Communion of June, okay. And what God said to us is that the key to thriving and not surviving in these difficult times is the first commandment. Remember, when God says to us, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all... He said, what is the first and the greatest commandment? Now he says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. Now why would he give that as the basic commandment? It was because he knew that if you get this, you get everything. Praise the Lord. And I think the Spirit of God is still retreating that and making sure that we get into it so that we can really, really thrive in our world and in our time in the name of Jesus Christ. So, I don't know if any of you, if we, you know, gave it thought that, you know, how do I do this? In fact, one of the ways I looked, I said, but really, who wouldn't want to love God? Have you thought about that? I know there are people, I mean, maybe Satanists, you know, and all of that. And then the Bible talks about those whose works are darkness. I don't even want to come to light because once you say God, there is a sense of guilt and all of that. But for you and I here. I can almost, you know, vouch for most of us here that we want to love God, don't we? 
We want to love God. So if we want to love God, why is it that you read a scripture like this? And you just feel somehow. You're asking yourself, like we've said here before, sometimes when we're singing some songs, I love you, Lord. I sing it, Lord. I want to love you, Lord. Because when I measure and gauge myself, I can't even back up the singing with my complete obedience. You understand what I mean? So if it's so important and it's so necessary, why are we struggling with it? Why can't we look around and say, ah, all this, like the rich young ruler, I've done them from my youth. <laughs> Praise God. Not humility. Why is it like that? Because you see, you probe and you probe and you probe and then grace comes. So who wouldn't want to love God? I want to love God. You want to love God. So what are the challenges that we're having? What is, you know, militating against the full expression of my love for God. One of it is we mentioned on Sunday. Is misunderstanding what love means. In fact, I've just been checking dictionary. I'm going to, how did they put words in the dictionary? I want to submit a dissertation that love has not been explained. The, the world doesn't know what love is. Everything we say about love, if you want to put it side by side with scripture, is not love. What everything they say about love is feeling. Both whether they say it's um, errors or filial or, you know, it's feeling. The love based on what God says is not a feeling. It has nothing to do with feeling. That's the simple truth. You know, like is feeling. You're tall, I like you. I like tall people. You're short, I like you because you're short. But love puts you in a state of constancy. Do you understand? It has nothing to do with what you see. It flows out from you. So, because when you really probe the way love is used in the Bible, oh no, you'll be afraid. You know, you'll be afraid. He say, he that does not love does not know God. For God is love. You know, and then we looked at the Romans 13 from verse 8. Let's see. He says, Oh no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has what? Fulfill the law. Don't you want a shortcut? To just with one stroke fulfill the law. So how do I love everybody? How do I just love everybody? Oh no one anything. I know what that statement means. Is, um, is Okay. Give us the living Bible or ERV. The living Bible. Let's see whether it puts it in a way that we can. Thank you. Let's read it. It says pay all your debts. Except the death of love for. Which means what? Never finish paying that do you get it now so when he says oh no one nothing but love it means you can never finish paying the debt of love so i'm loving you you know you're being more difficult to love i dip my hand in the pocket so it's an open check i just keep loving i just keep loving i just keep loving you just keep loving okay you just keep loving don't say i loved you yesterday i've been loving you for 10 years you know (laughs) no you never stop but you know, some people have a way of, you know, drawing down on that debt. So that's what they say. Never finish paying. Why? He says, for if you love them, what? You will be obeying all of God's laws, fulfilling all his requirements. So love is simply obeying God. It's nothing else. It's not feeling. Because how can you love somebody that is provoking you, you know, nonstop? You can't feel good about it okay now you know another thing you know the bible says god is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should 
repent. So God is not a man, okay? But then the Bible says God made us in his image and likeness. So where are we? Praise the Lord. Now, I'm saying that to deal with this issue of love. Because, you see, in a sense, God is not a man. In that God has the capacity to love in a way that you can never love. Okay? But God also has given you a sense so that you can learn of him and through him love. So God now looks at the world, sinners, you know, deserving condemnation, deserving death, and he gives his only begotten son to come what, and live and die for us. Okay? And when Jesus came, some of us rejected him, some spat on him, some put his beards. In fact, our sins did all of that. And still, God did not in anger react. Okay? He raises his son and then he's still sending, says rising up every day, sending messengers, preaching the gospel, wanting people to come. That's a level of God's love. Okay? Now, but there is a dimension of it where he says he made us in his image. Where he expects that you and I can now love like him. And that's what 1 John 5 began to tell us. Okay, which we are going to get to. But let's finish dealing with this. So it says, if you love, then you will be what? Obeying all of God's laws. Fulfilling all his requirements. Go to 9, please. It says, if you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself, you will not want what? To harm or cheat him or kill him or steal from him. And you won't sing with his wife or what is his or do anything else. The Ten Commandments say is wrong. So love is the Ten Commandments. Do you understand? I Ten Commandment you. Help me turn to somebody and say, I Ten Commandment you. <laughs> do you understand? You're a mathematician. So you understand what I'm saying. It's equals. I Ten Commandment you. That's what he's saying. He says, all ten are wrapped up in this one. What? To love. So they come back to that sweet word that when we say it, we feel good. Say, tell somebody that I love you. Then you finish and then you don't ten commandment the person. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's have ten, please. So ten says what? Love does no wrong to anyone. That's why it fully satisfies all of God's requirements. He says, it is the only law I need. This love is the only law I need. You know, so I keep saying it, that word love is dangerously deceitful, can be misleading. Because you can feel you love. But you see, someone annoys you now. You don't have the provision. You can't want harm for anybody. Because that is not love. At lunch out today, we're learning about speaking words. You can't speak evil to anybody. Because that's not love. Now, when you begin to explore those dimensions, you see that, you know, love is calling you and I not to be human beings anymore. We are being called to be like God. I mean, it's only God that can do that. You understand? And that's why it's the fulfillment of the law. Because when the law is fulfilled, you become like God. Praise God. But like we started, the good news is that you're not left to do it yourself. Praise the Lord. In fact, we don't have the time, but I was looking at what happened with the disciples early in Acts of the Apostles. I think it's Acts 4 or so. After Peter and, and John raised the man at the gate. Okay? And the Sanhedrin and the leaders of the Jews, you know, called them together, chided them, harassed them, warned them never to preach in the name. 
When they got back to their companions and they told them, this is what happened, this is what happened. The Bible says they prayed. And they prayed and they prayed. And you know what they prayed? They didn't pray that God should judge the people. They just prayed that God, please, give us boldness to continue to speak in the name of your son. That is love. Do you know the type of thing we would have prayed today? Do you understand? You see, love is aligning completely with God in any situation. That's what it is. Aligning with God. In any situation, in any circumstance. Love is godliness. So, I don't know. There are several words. I godly you. You know, I godly you. Not I love you, I godly you. (laughs) You know? Think about it. Or even a mother's love for the child. I mother you. You know, um, what's the word now? If you want to say I mother you. (laughs) Eh, You know? I want you to understand this. So you're working in an office and they're not doing things the way they should do. You have every right to be angry. You are representing God that you have to love them. No matter what they do. That's why our Lord Jesus Christ will teach us. He says, even those who despitefully use it, what should we do? He said, pray for them. You know why? That's what God is doing to the wicked world all the while. He's praying, not wishing that the wicked will die, but they come to repentance. Okay? So, so as we look at this thing, somebody is going to say, if I continue with this love, how will my needs be met? How will somebody survive loving? Did anybody ask that question? How are you going to survive? Gigi, you're a businessman, you, you have people working for you that are stealing all your things and you're loving them. Praise God. But have you stolen from God before? Some of us here don't pay tithe. The Bible says, if you don't bring tithe to the house of God, what did he say? He said you're a robber. So people have robbed you and you want to rubbish them. But you've been robbing from God and God is still blessing you. That's a deep one, but I'm saying it jokingly. <laughs> Never queen with a puritan. Do you understand? It just causes you to be like God. Do you know how many times we offend God? But as human beings, we just want to say, ah, no, no, we do this. Think about it. Praise God. Think about it. So, I asked the question. How can somebody survive in Nigeria of today? You go to the mechanic, he tries to cheat you, the tailor, you know, he spoils your cloth, you say you must pay. Listen to me. All you need to do to help you in any of those situations, think you and God. You know, by the mercy of God, tailors have spoiled and spoiled and spoiled. You know, people have taken advantage. One of the graces God gave me as a young Christian when I got born again was just that he helped me read the word and take it. I've told us the story here for some people who are new. Somebody was duping me in millions at that time. I'm talking of 1997 or 96, about that time. And the wife was in church. The guy absconded with her money. We were dropping the wife at home. The other option would have been to lock the wife up and then he will appear. Because I read the scripture that says, how do you take a brother to an unbeliever? You that will judge angels. Do you understand? When we came to Abuja, they robbed our house. They caught one of the people. You know how they knew him? His head was the only head that could pass the burglary proof. Yes, they caught him. One of the people said, this is him. And he was him. When we got to the police, you know, at the police station in Wuse here at that time, we're broke. We needed all the money. Anything that could be recovered would have been helpful. We're that broke. But when we got to the police station, you know, 
I thought if I leave this boy here, they will charge him to court, you know, and all kinds of things are going to happen. I said, officer, leave the matter. Let's leave it and go. And that's how we left him. Somebody ran into our car. You know, we needed money. We had two cars. We needed money. We wanted to sell the best of the cars to recover as much money. And while Momichi and Luce were in the car, a drunk driver, government driver, ran into him at this Wuse junction. You know, and the car bent. Mercedes Benz bent in two like this. You know, destroyed. And he was drunk. He was caught. Everybody knew he was guilty. And God said, let him go. Now, did I want to let him go? No, I didn't want to let him go. It was something that happened there. And my brothers concluded that I was crazy. Because they knew I needed money. And this was a government, you know, vehicle. So the government office would have paid. We towed the car home, left the guy, he went. You know, you do these things simply by faith. Praise the Lord. You do it because you believe God. And we're going to see the scripture. You know, that scripture in 1 John 5, 3, 4 down, that we've misquoted, not misquoted, I mean, have underapplied. 1 John 5, 4. It says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Okay? That's what we, so whenever we hear this, we say we overcome us, we overcome us, we overcome us. Give us the living Bible, or uh, ERV, the living Bible. Let's see what it says about that scripture. 1 John 5, 4. Okay? What does it say? He said, for every child of God can what? Can what? Can obey. So how do I defeat the world? I defeat the world when I obey the world and disobey the following or the sense of the world. Obedience is the victory. You see, the world is a movement. It's like a tide. It's like an ocean flow. So this is how the world is going, Right? And the Christians, we are in the world, but we are not of the world. So situations will arise for the Christian where you have to turn and go against the tide. That's the victory that overcomes. Praise the Lord. So you don't do things that make sense. You do things that make the world. For every child of God can obey him. There is no circumstance you can't obey him. Ah, do you know what they did? Ah, pastor, ah, if you allow these people, they will continue. God is not saying you should allow them in that sense. God is saying you should protect yourself. Because like I told us after that accident that um, the man ran into Momchi and Uche, you know. One day, because Momchi was doing furniture then, I, I used to source, you know. One day, I, I don't know what happened. It was a Saturday and um, I had gone to, we had had a vigil. Then the vigils were, you know, throughout the night. So we had had a vigil and then Saturday morning, I went to, um, what was it called? They did, to buy some things. And then driving back, you know, something told me that, do you know you would have run under a particular vehicle? You know how you're driving and sleeping and waking up when you need to wake up? He said, do you know that by that releasing that man, you built a shield for yourself and your family against accidents in Abuja? So, who knew? Somebody said, I love the word of God. Let me tell you some things about the word of God. It's so solid. You see, the word of God, the Bible says, has been tried seven times, like silver in a furnace. The word of God is so solid. When the Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap, right? Now, let me tell you the other part, which you need to learn tonight, if that's all you learn. Whatsoever a man reapeth, eh? he cannot sow about it. 
So if they did something evil to me and I did not retaliate, do you know I've stored up a buffer to protect me against that thing in future? Are you getting it now? So instead of me being guilty in return, because if I held him, he would have been guilty. And then my account would be plain. But because they want to protect me from something worse, they allow this one to happen. So if I respond in love, in my account, they will say, treated. But if I don't respond in love, the account balances and everywhere is still open. We've learned here that in the spiritual, nobody cheats the other. <laughs> Do you understand? There is no guy man in the spiritual. You see, all these things people are doing here and they think, seem to be getting away. It's because full judgment is not now. A time is going to come. For every good deed, you'll be happy. For every evil deed, you'll regret. That's why you learn the word, so that you can sow better seed. Nobody gets away with nonsense. Do you understand? You, somebody's doing something and is making people cry. You're making husbands cry. You're side chick. You're finer than the wife. You're doing all of that. Listen, listen, listen. Don't you see here? Don't you see here? Can't you see what happened here? They've settled this area. In the world, you have tribulations. Isn't that what he said? He said, but in me, you may have peace. So when you obey him, there is a bastion of peace that is built around you. You're not helping God. You're working for yourself. Praise the Lord. So it says, for every child of God overcomes, can obey him. Defeating sin and evil pleasure by what? By faith. I, I wish we have the software that can be put in the scripture side by side. So we see it clearly the way it is. So how are my needs going to be met, you know, when I walk in love? Very simple. Let me ask you. Do I have businessmen here? Okay. Pastor Chris, you do properties now, right? Do you go to clients, do you go to people and say, give me 80 million. I want your 80 million. What do you do? You take your own money, right? Buy land, clay it, take laborers, take builders, and keep building it, and keep building it, right? And keep building it. Making sure it's looking excellent. When you've done doing something somebody will like, who did you do it for? You did it for them. When they now come in response to what you did that they like, they give you money. Isn't it? That's it. You keep sowing good. You keep sowing good. As you sow good, invariably, God will see to you that you reap good. You know, how are my problems going to be solved with this love thing? Do you understand? Won't I just be, you know, a sitting dog? But you see, that's what we are. We are sheep. His shepherd. What did Jesus say? He said, I send you out as what? Sheep amongst. Some of us want to be wolf sheep. We're not good at it. If you bite your teeth, you can't even do bad. Really bad. How many of us can kill somebody? Then you want to enter bad. The people you want to compete in bad can kill. Kill their mother, kill their father, kill their brother, kill the person that they did business with. You, you just want to do small cheating. Why are you going in as an amateur where professionals are playing? <laughs> you understand? You want to use lies, small lies. The people you're dealing with on the road, they will stop. They want to do as if they're changing tires. Say, come and check. They run over you. People do that. Get back and throw the person into the forest. You're not that bad. So why are you trying what you, you are not a professional in? Just master doing good. Are you getting me? Master doing good. It might take time. It might seem as if you don't know what you're doing. But let me tell you. In this life, you would. But most important, in eternity, which is very close. You see, 
the world has made it easier for us. The 5,000 people that, you know, over 5,000 now, I believe, that the flood killed in Libya. They didn't have economic problems. They lived in beautiful homes. Libya is a prosperous country. But in one second, none of them planned it. So life is not guaranteed. Why don't you invest in something that has guarantee? Do you understand? You will plan, you know, 100 years, 100 at the years, but then you and I know that every day you open social media, you say, ah, rest in peace. Gone too soon. Oversped, you know, far. And then you think it's that person. It could be anybody. So why don't we invest in the one that no matter what happens, you can know that you made the right choice. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay? So loving will take care of us. It will help our problems to be solved. You know, if we follow it the way, like the scripture said, every child of God by faith. Okay, we learned some time here that love is directional, okay? So, I think we've gone beyond that because we're not using the word love again. Isn't it? We're using the word commandment to obey. Because, you see, the, the way the world uses love, we learned it here. Evans the kidnapper. Evans' wife and, and children. As far as they were concerned, he was a wonderful father. He was taking care of them. He was nice. The estate where he lived in, the security liked him. The neighbors thought he was cool. But the same Evans who take a man, kill him, kidnap him, and do all kinds of things. So such a man, does he have love or doesn't he have love? Eh? No, what do you mean? But the wife says he loves. The children say that is the best. The security say this is the best uh, occupant. Love is directional, so you can't just say I have love. It depends on what you're loving. Praise the Lord. We asked the question here some time ago, where we said an 85-year-old man that marries a 20-year-old beautiful girl. Is it not love? And we didn't understand the question. Now, let me tell you why it's love. The 85-year-old man wants a toy because that 20-year-old will be insulting the man anyhow. Do you understand? But he wants toys, so he marries her. No respect. I tell my wife that the only regret I have in marrying her is that I should have been 20 years older than her. So that when I come in, she'll say, good morning, sir. (laughs) This one that we're almost made, you know, every time. Do you understand? (laughs) Nine, nine, no. (laughs) Do you understand? (laughs) I'm telling you, I can't imagine how an old man will go and marry a small girl. But he wants a toy, so he marries a toy. Then how does the small girl marry an old man? We learned here that the small girl doesn't love the man. He loves the money. So when he's looking at the beard like Pastor Chris's beard, he says, honey, it's not honey, it's the million. <laughs> you know, my millions, my millions, <laughs> my millions. So uh, is it not love? They are all loving what they are loving, and they love just they jam anywhere. <laughs> So that word, we need to process what to do in that, with that word. <laughs> so it's directional, okay? And then another thing about the love word is that, or love is that, is, um, if I had my way, I would have said it's occupational, but that's the very wrong way because that's not what it means. But it occupies space. So it's dimensional. So it has dimensions. It has length and width. Now what that means is this. I have a capacity for love. You have a capacity for love. You have a capacity for love, right? Now, everyone has a right to fill in his love capacity with what he wants. And that's where the challenge is. What did I say? That's where the... Let me hear you again say what? That's where the... You know why I'm saying that? Because when I searched from the scripture, how come 
I cannot love God the way I wish and I feel and I know I ought to. The Bible began to give me the answers. First of all, from the commandments. The very first commandment, Exodus 22, verse 1 to 3. Please quickly, so we run through now. From the commandments. And, says, and God spoke all these words, saying two, three, please, together. It's a short one. He says, I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Three says what? You shall have no what other gods before me. Love is dimensional. If I go to a restaurant, many of us now, you go to a restaurant and then they know they're going to delay the food and the food won't be plenty, won't be much. You know what they do? They give you bread and give you water. And then you sit there for 30 minutes, you're hungry, you eat the bread, you drink the water. When they bring the small food, you eat it, you pay, you're smiling. If they didn't give you that bread, (laughs) what has happened is that they've occupied your space with bread of 200 naira or 500 naira and water. What drink they give you? Why doesn't the drink come after the food? Did you go there to drink? You went to eat, Abby? So they wait. Then when they bring the food, the plate is big like this, then the food is just middle. <laughs> but they fill your stomach. So love is the same way. You can fill your love tank with all kinds of things so that God will have no space. That's why it says, you shall have no one before. So don't eat. Don't drink the water. Don't eat the bread. Wait until you have me. And because God is so big, when you have him, there is no space for any other. It's as simple as that. That's the problem. We have many things, many things filling us up. Listen, I want to get to the point, and I pray you may have that desire. I want you to get to the point where if God is not happy with me, let me not be happy. Give me a a 5,000 seater jet. Give me a skyscraper. If God is not happy with me, Lord, let me not be happy in Jesus' name. That's what it's about. You know, that's the challenge we have with marriages today. People are married, but the wife will go out, hang out with her friends, and laugh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's coming back happy. The man is not happy. And then she thinks it's okay. Or the man goes out and hangs out with the boys. Man, you, Asna. And then he comes back and says, ah, the gunners, they're gone today. And the wife is so sad. He's happy. That marriage cracks are developing. Because the, this person's joy is connected. Once you satisfy from outside, not necessarily, you know, a sexual relationship. If something outside gives you more joy than your marriage, there's a problem. Praise the Lord. So they say, you shall have no other gods, what? Before me. Before me. And this was what uh, Moses understood. When God said to him, okay, go, 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 go. I'm going to send an angel with you. He's going to take you to the promised land. Moses said, no. It's not the promised land that we want to satisfy us. You will satisfy us. He said, we're not going unless your presence goes with us. He was wise. That's Christianity. A truly born again Christian finds no greater joy in any other thing except God being pleased with him. You see, when you understand that, you see that a lot of what we have are doing now is not Christianity. It's Christian idolatry. It's idolatry by the Christian highway. So you worship what you want in the name of Jesus. You call it forth. You claim it. And you haven't even bothered to know how God is thinking. Praise God. We're trying to see how we can love him. So we say this is the challenge. It is things occupy.
occupying the space. You know, just to retreat that, I think that's the main thing. All, all the other points are part of it. Uh, our Lord Jesus in Mark 8, 34 to 35, trying to talk to us, his disciples. This is what he said. He said, when he had called the people to himself, okay? You know, Pastor Lord, I think, I don't know if I discussed this with you for the new converts, but some people have said there are some things Jesus said, and he said only to the disciples. But this is what this person said. When he had called who? Who? Let me hear you. Who? And what? With his disciples also. So that means who? Everybody. 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 When he had called the people to himself, with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, whether your disciple or your Christian or anyhow, but once it's me, he said, let him what? Deny himself. Let's even stop there. You know why that is so? To make space for himself. He's too big. He can't be number two. Do you understand? Let him first what? Deny himself. You see, the quickest way the enemy has victory over us is when he makes us pursue what we want for ourselves. When he gets us fixated on our concerns. That's why sometimes you come to church here and it's as though, you know, Pastor Ikena is insensitive. He's not caring about people's problems. Caring about people's problems has never helped people. When people have Jesus, they have all their problems solved. If I can give you Jesus, who is Jesus? The bread of life. Who is Jesus? The water of life. Who is Jesus? The joy of the whole world. Who is Jesus? The lily of the valley. Who is Jesus? The rock of salvation. Who is Jesus? He's everything. If you get him, you have everything. Do you understand? If you get Jesus, oh, you have everything. Emotionally, you go with everything. That's who he is. He said, you must deny yourself. Why? So that you seek only me. You seek only me. Praise the Lord. The parable of the sower. Mark 4, 19. Okay, give us 18 and 19, please, together. We're looking at... We want to be lovers of God indeed. You know, we want to look back and see that we're progressing in this area. He said, now, these are the ones sown among thorns. Okay? Now, now, in that parable, in verse 13, Jesus said something there. He says, if you don't understand this parable, he said, how then what? That's a deep statement. If you don't understand this. So, we need to understand it. So, it began the first level. Of this source is the one that when he fell, the birds of the air came and took. And he said, this one is Satan's work. Okay? The second level is the one that when he fell, he said for joy, they were excited. They were shouting, preach on, preach on, preach on, preach on. But they had no death. Okay? So when the sun rose, he scorched it. They didn't bring fruit. This is the third level. And this is where many of us are. This is the one that when we cross now, we are flying. Somebody say Amen. You're going to cross it. Now, this is what he said. Okay? Okay, now go to that 19. So he says, he says, these are the people that when they receive the word, 18 and 19, these are the ones who hear the word. Okay? And what? The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires, what? For other things, entering in what? Choke the word. What chokes the word? Other things. 
These things are not necessarily bad, but there are other things. I get him in it. And once they come in, the world won't fight with them. Do you understand? So you leave church and your heart is not saying, I want more of it. I want more of it. You're leaving church. You say, I want more of it. Him is stepping back because he's a gentleman. Him is stepping back. Now, is he saying here that you're not in this world? Is he saying that you won't eat? Is he saying that all those things are not important? No. He's saying that they choke the word. He's talking about priority and focus and preference. Are you hearing me? How do you measure this? Check your prayer. Check what really moves you. Check what really weighs you down. Oh no, I mean, God gave us brain. So you want to do business, you need to analyze which one is better. Do you understand? You want to rent houses, you want to see which one is better. You want to buy land. You're going to do business. But it's when it begins to choke the word, there is danger. Praise the Lord. Because you don't want the word to become ineffective. You want the word to prosper your personal business. You want it to prosper your concerns, isn't it? You can get to the point where those other things become a testimony by reason of the prosperity of the word in you. May the Lord give us understanding. In Jesus' name. Let me try and take this one and then we'll, we'll leave this area because I think it's been communicated. First John 2 verse um, 15, 16, and 17. This is the one we know very well. 15. First John 2 says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. Right? Do not love the world or the things in the... Why? It says, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not... That's what he's saying. I think we're saying the same thing here, isn't it? So we see that the challenge we have is that there's a competition for this love. And we don't have time today to deal with what the world is. Because immediately when we say the world... Somebody will think, yes, uh, yeah, you, you have uh, afro hair. You know, you're doing guy. No. It may be, but it's more than that. The, the world is a system. The world is where they judge things, where they judge success or failure. If anybody wants to appear successful in the eyes of the world, he will struggle to be successful in the eyes of God. I get in it. Do not love the world. Uh, Romans 12 put it this way. Say, do not be conformed. To this world. Don't allow yourself to fit in. Be, be okay being a misfit. In the world. Amongst your family members. Some of us come from a family of six. Some of us from a family of 15 and all of that. And then your Christianity is not allowing you to fit into that family. Because this is how they measure things. What? Uh, uh, not only you go city. You know. December is coming now. Where is the man you are bringing? And the others are bringing men that they tried. They slept with 17 and the 18th one is coming. So they took the 18 ones and said, we must follow me to the village. And then you go back and you're looking like you're playing. You know, one lady many years ago in the church we were in there told the daughter. He said, is it not that your church that all these young girls are finding husbanding? I get him. The world is a system of judgment. Rather, the Bible says, you and I are to behold as in a mirror. What? The glory of the Lord. And what is going to happen? We'll be transformed from glory to glory. The world is what tells you every day. You know, 
You failed. You're not smart. You don't have enough and all of that. But when you go to the world, what you hear is, this is my beloved son in whom I'm what? I'm well pleased. And when you understand, do not love the world, then you will be strong. Tomorrow you'll be stronger. Do you understand? You get to that situation, you're not weak. And somebody says, Pastor, now love will go chop. We will chop love. I want to close. First Samuel 30. Practical illustration. You know that passage of the Bible that we know very well? Shall I pursue verse 8? First Samuel 38. When at Ziklag, you know, the um, Amalekites and all of that had taken David's wives, children, burned the whole place. And in verse 8, David prayed the prayer to God. And this was his request. You know, uh, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake? And God answered and says, pursue. And you will overtake. And without fail, you will recover all. That's power. The power of God speaking to him, right? Do you know how that happened? He didn't actually pursue. (laughs) He didn't actually, you know, run faster. He actually ran slower. You know why? Let me show you. First time. Okay? So... Now he says, so David went here and the 600 men who were with him and came to the brook Bessel, where those stayed who were left behind. David pursued, yes. He and 400 women, 400 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook. Now in 11, read 11 with me, everybody. Then they found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David. And they gave him bread and he ate. And they let him drink water. At this point where they're running... These people had lost all their property. The whole village burnt. Everything they had was food available or scarce. Every food available was precious. And they find an Egyptian boy that some of us, once we see, would have just cut his head and be running. Do you understand? But they found their brother boy. After those years, the boy gets it. They gave him bread, he ate. They gave him water, he drank. He still didn't move. He saw cake somewhere. He waited. They gave him cake. <laughs> they gave him raisins. When he looked at it, he had eaten everything there. Now the <coughs> <laughs> That's when the boy responded. Do you know that if they did not show kindness to that boy, they would never have recovered anything? Let's rise on our feet. If they walk, it didn't work. It was the boy that led them. So they stopped running. They took the best court and went and, you know, surrounded the people. Why? Because they now had an insider working for them. Love works. Love works. God has a way of giving you victory beyond what your sweat can bring. We will work hard though. But we will walk in love. We will do business. But we will do business in love. Do you understand? Yes, we are human beings. God has given us sense. We will throw away our sense. But we will not walk according to the wisdom of this world. I want you to just thank the Lord. I want you to thank the Lord. Tell him that I have a father in you. There is a way this family works. This family of God. He loves you and he wants you to trust him. That's the whole thing he's saying. Can you trust me to do it my way? I have my way. Remember, we learned some time ago that the God we serve begins from the end to come now. He's Alpha, he's Omega. 
You and I have issues. We have needs. We have challenges. We have prayer points. We have burdens. We have all manner of things. And he said, this is how we are going to handle it. He says, love is the fulfillment of the law. It's the wisest thing you can do. It's the wisest. It's the strongest. It's the biggest deal. It's the best way you can operate in that situation. Walk in love. Walk in faith. Trust that I am there coordinating and reorganizing and orchestrating everything so that it will work out for your good. That's what it is. That's the power we have as Christians. This is what you and I have that the devil can't copy. There will be lying wonders. There will be lying signs, noise, all kinds of things at the end. But to walk in love, these are the deep things that God has reserved for his children. That you understand it, you know, you're praying it. We're having victories that are unexplainable. Healings that are unexplainable. Because the power of God, Jesus says, I am my father. We will come and make our home. Can you ask the Lord, Lord, make my life your home. Make my family your home. Make my business your home. Make my, whatever it is, come and take your place. Can you just come? Lord, you're my desire. You're my priority. You are everything to me. Can you just come and take your place in me? Can you just come? I surrender all. I turn it all over to you. That's what the song says. I give you all of it. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Come and take your place so that you are Lord alone in my life. So that I can experience. He said, this is the victory that overcomes the world. Let me have that victory by your standard, by your means, by your way. Lord, help me, Lord. I receive the grace. Everything occupying, competing for your space in my heart. Lord, deliver me from it, O Lord. Everything I've prized, everything I've kept as God before me every reason for me not obeying you even if it's fear for some of us it is fear every time we talk about winning souls evangelism and all of that and we know he wants us today but there is the fear of man lord take it off of me so that i can obey you truly i can obey you really i can obey you indeed oh lord because there are rewards you are the faithful god you are the dependable god lord we thank you Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you. He said, when we do this, you will manifest yourself. Lord, when you manifest, oh, light shines and darkness is dispelled. So for every circumstance and every situation that darkness has created, Lord, I thank you that in the lives of your sons and daughters, you manifest. And as you manifest, testimonies will abound. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you for miraculous provisions, miraculous deliverances. Thank you for healings, oh Lord. Thank you for wonderful, wonderful, mighty things that you do, Lord. That you alone will be receiving the glory. Not any man, but you alone. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www at thefatherschurchonline.org God bless you.